1: Today on the ZabeCast, the helmet rule looks like an impending disaster. Not a good first night for the NFL. A better idea for the stakes in Tiger versus Phil. We got Andy Polin on training camp venues, Urban Meyer, and the Life We've Chosen Radio. All of that plus my biggest regret in life is I never had kids with Blake Griffin. You've got forty-five minutes to kill. Then buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Friday, August 3rd, 2018. Thank you for the download. Let's start with some light stretching. And I want you to twist and twist. What I just thought that maybe it'd be good to stretch. So, here we got some interesting news to start this Friday. There is a Colin Kaepernick controversy regarding a video game. Apparently, Colin Kaepernick's name was included in one of the musical tracks one of the rappers' tracks, the lyrics in the game Madden 19 included this track, and it had Colin Kaepernick's name in it. And when they, when the preview of the game came out, I think Pro Football Talk reported, hey, somebody has scrubbed the name Kaepernick out of the musical track. <laughs> that is so hilarious. They don't just want this guy banned from playing in the NFL. His name will not even appear, even in a rap song, in one of our officially sanctioned video games. Well, apparently the NFL has now said, oh, 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 we're sorry. We didn't mean to do that. We're going to put it back into the game. Wow. (laughs) This is the levels that we're going to to keep him out of the game. Has anyone, has he said this year uh, that he would play football? Uh, that Has he been trying for a job? I really haven't heard much on the Kaepernick front. It's almost like he has realized it's not happening. I'm giving up. I think there was a round of it back in the spring in training camp and during free agency in which some teams kicked the tires and thought about it. I think C- Seattle this past spring – said, you know what, we might want to add you, and he didn't think it was a genuine offer. I, I say that with, he- with hesitancy because the years fly by, and it might have been two years ago now, that he talked about joining Seattle. But maybe it was this year. Yeah, Electronic Arts said on Thursday the company did not purposely omit Colin Kaep- Kaepernick's name. Uh, the song was from YG's Big Bank, which is used in the soundtrack for Madden NFL 19. We made an unfortunate mistake with our Madden NFL soundtrack, EA said. Members of our team misunderstood the fact that while we don't have the rights to include Colin Kaepernick in the game, this does not affect soundtracks. We messed up and the edit should have never happened. We will make it right with an update to Madden NFL 19 on August 6th that will include the reference again. We meant no disrespect and we apologized, Colin, to YG, and Big Sean, and to the NFL, and all their fans and players for this mistake. Jesus. Is that enough apologizing? All right, all right. I apologize. I'm really, really sorry. Really, I really apologize sorry. unreservedly. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact, and was in no way fair comment, and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family, and I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Man, we meant no disrespect. Hey, man, you are dissing Kaepernick by doing that. And we apologize to Colin, YG, Big Sean, the NFL, all their fans, and our players for this mistake. <laughs> oh, my God. In the song, Kaepernick's name is referenced about halfway through Big Sean's verse when he says, feed me to the wolves, now I lead the pack, and shit, you boys all cap, I'm more Colin Kaepernick, okay, something tells me this could be a giant work, this could be the long con, this could be EA going, hey, I got an idea, let's include a song that has a Kaepernick reference, and then let's omit that, people are going to find it, like an Easter egg, and they're going to get all outraged on social media, and then we will apologize, and then we will say, don't worry, we're going to fix it with a patch, which will make people actually go and download the patch, so we get more people engaged with the downloadable elements of our game. Genius! Brilliant, is what somebody probably said. Uh, maybe I'm giving them too much brilliant. credit. Brilliant! 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 brilliant. <laughs> or maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Who knows? Before we get to Andy, some follow-ups, uh, a lot of you people said, Zabe, you got to see the documentary called Hot Coffee It was on HBO. If not, here's an article about it. I said that the jury award for the woman who scalded her loins with the scalding hot McDonald's coffee, I applied that it was a ridiculous runaway jury verdict of uh, many millions of dollars. I said it was eight million it was actually only 2.9 million dollars. well, if for those in the TLDR crowd too long didn't read, I'll give you the nut net net of it or, or or the nut nut of it, whatever you want. I'll give you I'll give you the nuts. I'll give you the nets. The net net is the the coffee McDonald's used to push out the window was at a hundred and ninety degrees and that the woman did almost die from this, that she had to have several surgeries, several skin grafts to help you know repair her her legs and that initially all she did was sue McDonald's for the $20,000 in in medical costs she incurred to you know get right and that it wasn't until McDonald's counter offered her 20 grand with 800 dollars oh fuck you if that's how you get way to go McDonald's McDonald's god this was amazing so they uh they they offered 800 then she's like okay it's on now fuck you i'm suing. So she sued but she only sued for $20,000. And once it got into the hands of the jury the jury said oh wait a minute step aside woman fuck you McDonald's. Seriously 2.9 million. Uh or no yeah it was $2.9 million i believe then it went to appeal they said this award is too much money. You know faulty elevators that you know malfunction and cut innocent people in half as they're getting out the door. Those jury awards uh, for wrongful death sometimes barely top a million dollars. She got 2.9 for coffee in her lap. So I think the final settlement was she agreed to uh, take only $600,000 as long as McDonald's turned down the goddamn temperature in their coffee to something less than a scalding 190 degrees so there's that I'm sure I botched a few details of that but I chipped the ball down the fairway closer to the actual facts of the case well you could have gotten the facts right the first time shut up you 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 shut up another follow-up I said why wouldn't Urban Meyer just cut this assistant coach loose well I did find out that Urban Meyer's loyalty uh, may have been in play here because Zach Smith is the grandson of of legendary Ohio State football coach Earl Bruce, who was the mentor to Urban Meyer way back in the day. So there's that. Email time. You can always reach me, zabe at yahoo.com. All emails come directly to me, not to an intern, not somebody who screens them. So you know it's landing in my lap when you email me at zabe at yahoo.com. I try to respond to all of them. Sometimes I miss a few, so if I miss you, I apologize. This one from Jake... Phil, Phil, hey there brother, I listened from Janesville, Wisconsin, just wanted to say I love the podcast, and to be quite honest, I listen to Bob and Brian up until I hear to hell with you guys, see you tomorrow, well you should probably listen to Bob and Brian for more than that, but thank you, the first time I tuned into the Zabecast and heard your first F-bomb drop, it was a match made in heaven. (laughs) that's funny because oh my god he cussed fuck 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 what are you gonna say that man see i have a number i've got an equal number of people who say you know why do you do it i've got kids in the car you don't need it you're better than this, Abe. you you don't have to do this you know what fleeting expletives are going to continue on so there you go jake phil um He says, and this is uh, Jake's explanation, he said, it was a match made in heaven. As an army veteran, thank you for your service, sir, my linguistic stylings tend to be a bit more on the colorful side, and it's extremely, all caps, refreshing hearing my favorite sports guy talk in what I consider normal, colorful, expressive language. So there you go put one on the side of oh i like the f-bombs i try to be reasonable i really do i try and i know i just dropped a gd and a lot of people don't like that i'm sorry i try to uh i try to limit that as well i don't mean to be uh disrespectful religiously but there it is keep up the great work says jake and don't you dare start charging for this podcast i'll send you a check instead it's in the mail (laughs) You're welcome, Jake, and thank you for that. All right, Andrew Poland, my longtime radio partner on AM 980, otherwise known as the Team 980, otherwise known as ESPN 980, otherwise known as Sports Talk 980. We love talking to Andy whenever we can. All right, Andy Poland joins us on the phone, and I don't know how much of that game you watched last night, Andy, but... It is going to be a long, miserable season if this is how they call the new helmet rule. oi, Gevalt, as you taught me to say.
0: Well, you know, first of all, when you, when you first heard what they were going to do, you went, What? Then, last week, the Eagles got a visit from the referees, and they all left the meeting saying, Huh? How's this going to work? You're going to do What? And the Redskins have issued similar comments this week. And, yeah, it's a ball of confusion. And it's it's a lot like how they're handling the national anthem thing. That, oh, they have this policy. Now they're going to put the policy on hold. Uh, The players say that's not going to work for us. I I really don't know how you play football with this. I, I, I can't see this working over the long term. Can you?
1: No, and I was horrified at what hits were called penalties last night. Absolutely horrified. I kind of thought naively, well, these referees know when this when they see an egregious shot. Like when Danny yeah. Trevathan last year blew up Devontae Adams when he was piled up uh, near the five-yard line and took a direct missile shot straight with the crown of his helmet to his jaw, I'm like, okay, that's a penalty yeah. right there. The hits we saw penalized last night, I'm like, that's just football right there. This is going yeah. to be a disaster if they don't pull back from the cliff.
0: Bust out the old Chuck Cecil films and say, just don't do this, and everything else is okay. But they're, they're trying. It's not that they want to make football safer. It's that they want to make football seem safer. Right. And they, it, it just is going to be so tough to legislate. And just it would seem the natural reaction when you're in a hit is to duck your head a little bit in self-defense. So, I mean, how do you tell when it's that and you're trying to, as you say, deliver a missile shot? I don't know.
1: Our friend Drew McGarry, writing for GQ, says this season there's two locomotive trains of disaster headed right toward each other on the same track, and it's the NFL with the anthem, and it's the NFL with this new head rule that when, when when the final tally is counted, ratings will be down again by a huge margin, and you know who in what address 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue is going to crow about it, and it's going to further drive the NFL into a state of panic. He's convinced that this is going to be a season, a shit show, unlike any other. Do you think he's right? I
0: agree, and even if it's a small amount of that, people will be piling on because that's a story to write. That's, sure. You know, hey, the ratings are down a little bit more. The thing, though, that may help them is the gambling. I think the gambling may offset that a little bit now that people can legally bet on games in various couple, states. They house. can
1: do it in a couple places. Where is it so far? New Jersey is one. Uh, yep, Delaware. West, West Virginia will be next. Uh, Delaware already is up in play. A number of other yeah. states are working on it. I guess so. I guess that'll help. I just don't know how many more people will start gambling legally that didn't gamble illegally already to make Mm. up for things.
0: Well, I mean I'm Are you one of those people, Andy? Well, I am obviously one of those people and you recall from our Vegas trips So you will gamble liked it.
1: You will (laughs) gamble I I kinda like this gambling thing. (laughs) So you will bet on the NFL. When is by the way Maryland gonna legalize it?
0: Uh, I heard it was gonna take two years. Okay. Um that they would get a sports book in the MGM Grand, but it would not happen until 2020.
1: And when it does, how much would you wager on a typical NFL game?
0: Twenty bucks. That's okay. you know, that's who I am.
1: A little yeah. taste. That's fine though. Just a little yeah. taste yeah. to keep Jaguars Titans interesting, right?
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> as I told you, it was very odd to me that when we were betting on these NCAA tournament games and the team I bet to win, lost at the buzzer, but they covered. And I just had a hard time getting my head around that. I know, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> you, felt you felt dirty.
1: You felt dirty, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All
1: right. On to the Redskins front. Oh, look at this, Andy. Josh Doxson is already hurt. That didn't take well, long.
0: Well, he's, he's hurt with the shoulder, and Dr. Brian Mitchell has diagnosed a heel injury, too, I understand. Yes. So, yeah, this is this is another one of those years where they say, if this, if that, and and if this happens, this should be a very good team. Remember, at this time last year, everybody was ooing and eyeing over Terrell Pryor catching balls with the jugs gun. How did that work out?
1: Yeah, I remember that. It was uh, the summer of T. Pryor, and now the summer of T. Pryor is of him saying, if they try to cheap shot me, in the scrimmage against the Jets or the preseason game, that it will be help, dealt with accordingly, or so he
0: says. Oh, God. Preseason football, really? I know. Come on. How, how about staying on the field, and how about how about catching balls other than with the Cleveland Browns when they have nobody else to throw to but you? Yeah. I mean, for him to be considered a breakout wide receiver, yeah, he's big and strong. I can give you another guy like that. Michael Westbrook, one good year. Let's yeah. see. You know, it's... Prove it.
1: Prove it. Yeah, that's what he was. He was the only target the Browns had, and so therefore everything got yeah. distorted. And we all thought, well, when you put him on another team with other assets and a better quarterback, the numbers will be even better. And in fact, they actually weren't. He's a converted yeah. converted quarterback turn wide receiver. Meanwhile, with the Redskins, this Richmond thing is it's a <laughs> shit show. It's rained. <laughs> all week long it's gonna rain for a few days more they've missed like four or five sessions already the end zones are mud jay is saying yeah we're trying to stay away from the back of the end zones which is kind of ironic isn't it that that's where you're supposed to go uh Uh and, and if you've read the story about you know the the richmond city council they are like in no way shape or form are we doing this deal again we may consider having the Redskins here, but we're not paying them one red nickel, much less the five hundred grand that we owe them every year.
0: Well, they, they made the deal when the team hadn't been winning except for the RG3 year of 2012, and they thought that I-95 was going to be jammed with people from Washington like it was Woodstock coming down to see this team in the heat. No, it's yeah. it's... And you know here's another thing about about these preseason uh, fan attendance. The NFL Network gives it to you 60-inch HD (laughs) with air conditioning. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's nice for the kids to get autographs from the players, and maybe you can see them up close. But, you know, I've I've been to enough preseason practices as a reporter that I know I would never want to attend one as a fan.
1: So I don't don't
0: get the attraction.
1: Have you been to Richmond, the uh, training camp down there?
0: I have not been. I've been a number of giants, uh, preseason, Cowboys, uh, Redskins over the years. But uh, again, it's it's a lot of standing around. Uh, the players, you know, when I when I played high school football, we would have periods where some of us would just stand on the sidelines and watch whatever drills were going on or scrimmages. Right. And I thought, yeah, when you get to the NFL, it's not like this. No, it is. That's what they do. They, they stand around a lot. And, I think, and it's even,
1: I think it's even more so now because they limit and limit and limit the hitting, which is not yeah. necessarily a dumb thing to do. I think it's probably a smart thing to do, but still, uh, it's not a whole lot of action. I, well, I have a lot of listeners, a lot of Richmond listeners, a lot of fans down there. So I'm not going to bag on Richmond as a city. I'm just saying it's not an ideal place to hold training camp. It's uh, shoehorned into the middle of a pretty densely developed urban area. The facilities are just good enough. They're not spectacular. And it's not convenient for the bulk of fans in the D.C. area. They should just bring it home. And you would think if Richmond's unhappy, they're losing money. And if Dan Snyder is a billionaire with a team worth $3.2 billion, that he could say after the end of this year, you know what, we're bringing it home for 2020. Thank you, Richmond. You owe us nothing. We owe you nothing. Let's call it a good idea that just didn't work out. But no, 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 they're talking about an extension, Andy.
0: Yeah, they're ringing every dollar they can. I think part of the Richmond deal was based on Virginia hoping to get the stadium, so that might have been tied to this. Oh, But really? you'll remember this time, this timeline, as, as you termed it, Danny World of 2000, <laughs> yes. when they charged to uh $15 to, dollars to
1: park, I think.
0: Yeah, well, the worst, getting the worst in, part of getting that getting was... In was.
1: Getting in was free. Like, I remember the NFL said, you cannot charge for preseason, or you cannot charge for training camp, so they instead charged for parking.
0: Well, yeah, but but at that time, now they changed this rule, but at the time, since they were charging, teams could send scouts there. Oh, that's right, that's right,
1: that's right, that's right. So, yeah, I forget how it broke down. You're right, because some of the other teams could send scouts because we were charging for practice.
0: Right. And, uh, and so they, they would do that. And Mark Carrier told me there were a lot of things they couldn't practice Jesus in the preseason Christ. because the new scouts from other teams were there. And so that was a boondoggle, as, as you pointed out, calling it Danny World. And then the following year, Marty comes in and they have to beg their way back into Carlisle. Because remember, when they, uh, built the stadium in Maryland, they made a deal to go to Frostburg State for, for training camp. Oh, right. So, so they had to beg their way back into Carlisle in 2001. Marty does Carlisle for 2001, gets fired at the end of the year. Spurrier opens his first preseason practice in Carlisle in 2002, and I was there, and he says, I don't know what we're doing here. we got much better <laughs> facilities back there at Redskins <laughs> Park.
1: <laughs> the very first day, I remember that, too. That was classic. Way to be on the same page with your bosses there, Coach Spurrier. Yeah. And then they were
0: back at Redskins Park the next year until, you know, they left for Richmond again. Yeah.
1: Well, let's hope nobody else gets hurt. Let's hope the Redskins have a season. But I think your opinion and my opinion is unchanged so far, at least after one week at camp, that this is a 8 and 8 team screaming at us in the face, right?
0: Yeah. And all this, this puffing up of Alex Smith. Now, you know, Smith threw only five picks last year. He looks like a very competent quarterback. But Cook was a competent quarterback. What'd they do the last two years? miss the playoffs
1: yeah, yeah they so. there's a there's a lot of this you know oh alex is the best alex does this kirk can never do that alex does you know a lot yeah. of comparison shopping there when the real deal is this team has to be better defensively and deeper and they have to know how to run the football which we hope they can with geist but we'll see we'll see if yeah. jay has the stomach for it
0: as how many carries has geist had because right now he's jim brown I mean I know. You
1: know. 0. <laughs> 0 actual carries in a game. So there you go. Yeah,
0: the, the gushing over Geist is ridiculous. And every time he signs an autograph for a kid, somebody pops up and says, "See, he's not an attitude problem. He's a great guy."
1: And a lot of social media stuff. It's like slow down for God's sakes. That brings yeah. us Andy to one Urban Meyer. Oh.
0: Oy, is oy, Urban yeah,
1: yeah. Meyer dead man coaching at Ohio State or can he survive this scandal?
0: Well, this is this if, if in fact these text messages can be produced and Brett McMurphy says he has them, right? Um yeah. it, it would seem to me this is far worse than Tressel, yeah. who got fired for you know allowing his players to trade gear for tattoos. So I would think he has to go. And look, Urban Meyer, you know, he, he skated above the, uh, this for a long time with the, with the Florida, all the arrests they had, sure. including Aaron Hernandez. And, and if you win, everybody looks the other way. But in this day and age, when you have something like this with domestic violence and evidence, if McMurphy in fact, has this with the text messages, i I'd say he's a dead man walking.
1: Now, if you look at the way I look at it is this. You you know, it feels like there's no way he can survive. And yes, the trestle precedent is there. But as I started to think about this, Andy, who could really force Ohio State to do this? I don't know if Um... anyone can. It's if, if Ohio State said we're gonna jam our fingers into our ears and we don't care how many columns are written, we don't care if there's protest marches outside the facility. The NCAA is not going to put us on probation for this because it really isn't an NCAA matter for the most part. It might be a Title IX thing, but it's never going to rise up to hurting the program from a actual football standpoint as long no. as the money keeps coming in, and I think it would. I think But the what money... about
0: sponsorship? Did you hear about the Bob Evans deal? Ah, Bob
1: Evans leaves, uh, Denny's comes in. Get somebody no, else.
0: Bob Evans on Monday announced that they were naming him the breakfast coach, I, I know. and they were gonna, They had this whole campaign based around him, and on Thursday they go, "Ah, oh, yeah, we're we're going to put that on hold because you know Bob Evans is all about family values, and oh, uh, this just look good." Yeah, yeah.
1: So. somebody said so. If uh, if Urban Meyer was the head breakfast coach. Does that make him the George O'Leary of head
0: breakfast coaches? <laughs> now, George O'Leary was a totally different circumstance. No,
1: but, but the point was that he was given the job of head breakfast coach but never coached a single breakfast. <laughs> just like O'Leary. Oh, I see. Get it? <laughs>
0: yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, name oh, coach
1: just never coached a single Grand Slam breakfast. Oh, well. So be it. Yeah, I just think yeah. there's – I think there's going to be a time and maybe this is the time in which a program sees a scandal like this and says, well, who's going to make us change out our ass kicking championship winning coach? And the answer when they look around is nobody. So they're going to go, look, the outrage will die down. There'll be something else. Maybe they'll give them a game suspension or a two game suspension and call it a day and just keep on churning on.
0: Well, they've appointed a committee, so maybe they can go into the Phil Ford four corners for the full season. And I think in the uh, last preseason poll, I saw Ohio State's number three in the country. And so they just kind of, you know, well, we're investigating, we're investigating. Ohio State wins a championship or plays in the championship game. You know, people are willing to kind of move on from it, um, but if, I think I think the the out I think the sponsor outrage is what you're going to have to follow. And if there's going to be more like Bob Evans, I think they're going to have to make a move and get rid of him.
1: If Urban Meyer did cover for his assistant coach, does it stun you? I mean, apparently the kid was the grandson of Earl Bruce, but why yeah. go to such lengths to cover for a shithead? He's just an assistant coach. Cut him loose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but this, this is like the Paterno thing where the three stooges in the administration went to great lengths to cover up because they didn't want this distraction from the program. So if he says, hey, I got Earl Bruce's grandson on my staff and he's beating his wife and I'm firing, that's a distraction that coaches hate. So yeah, you just kind of so. go, yeah, you know, my wife talked to his wife. We know we, we, we smoothed it over. Everything's fine. Then people don't pay attention to it.
1: And alternatively, if you fire the drunk who beats his wife who's an assistant coach and he now feels scorned and can burn some bridges and he knows where all of Urban Meyer's skeletons yeah. are buried. Uh-oh. It's better to keep your guys close, right? Keep them in house. That kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, how many things did Urban Meyer overlook over the years at Florida when they had players arrested left and A right ton. things he probably knew about? Yeah. A
1: ton. Yeah. He also said after the basketball scandals, he said, If you lie, you can never coach again. <laughs> yeah. That, right. <laughs> that's that's a quote he's probably gonna regret. So we have icons like Rick Patina. We have now Urban Meyer. Is there any, Andy, honest, ethical, big time coach in American college sports?
0: You know, the the, the one that, that you and I know pretty well now, particularly from radio work and I know you played golf for a long time. I mean, that's probably what chased him out of the profession. His, he, if if you see him now, he's in his seventies. He looks fifty. And and his buddies, two of his closest friends, Mike Shishovsky and Jim Beheim, are still coaching. And Beheim's had his share of you know <laughs> close calls. Oh yeah, here. oh yeah. Uh, and Shishovsky is such a saint that, that nobody can go touch him. But I think, you know, with everything that's going on in college sports, if, if, if it were a cleaner atmosphere, I think he'd still be coaching, don't you?
1: Uh, I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, side note on the Urban Meyer story, how about Brett McMurphy being the one to break the story, even though he is currently in the ESPN non-compete parking garage for at least, like, <laughs> another six months? What do you think of that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, to, to break the story on Facebook – and then for him, now what he did was interesting. Is is does he see this as an inroads back to ESPN? Because I would think if you post it on Facebook, you say to ESPN, uh, "Yeah, you, you know, you used to pay me a salary to do this, and now you want me on for free to uh, to talk about this." No, I don't think so. I think I'll be going on with Skip Bayless.
1: Well, he went on ESPN like six times, and he said he was on more That's what times. I'm yeah. More times for this story than he was when he was employed
0: by ESPN. Right, right, right. So, I mean, they they get rid of reporters, actual reporters, and they shovel money at people like Mike Greenberg, who I think yesterday, didn't he take credit for breaking that Phil Mickelson and Tiger are going to play on Thanksgiving weekend? He was
1: given credit for that. Uh, Greeny actually broke a story yesterday.
0: Yeah, well, it, you know, that, Every now he, and then, he ain't earning his money with those morning ratings, so I guess he's <laughs> got to earn it some other way.
1: Speaking of that, uh, are you going to watch over Thanksgiving weekend, if it does happen, the Tiger Phil made-for-TV event?
0: I will watch some of this, but I've seen and that, that clip you play of Jack telling, Melissa Stark, yeah. get out of my lie there. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's the problem with those things is there's not enough action between shots. Oh, but they're like going to mic regular golf, they're going to mic the you know?
1: players up. They're going to mic the caddies up. There's going I to know. be trash talking.
0: Well, maybe, but but again, it's it's a long it's just like going to an NFL game where you, during the commercials you watch everybody stand around for 3 minutes. You don't notice that on when you're watching on TV cuz you either watch it or turn to another channel. Right. Same thing with the golf. It's 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 a long time between shots. Yeah. So, yeah, here's
1: your know. here's your sound bite. I don't
0: mind you walking your your pretty look at, but I don't want you walking walk around
1: back forth on the line. Oh, that was a classic. Good old Jack. Night golf on television. <laughs> uh, you know, they started this with the, wor- the Shell Wonderful World of Golf. And they yeah. were one-on-one exhibitions that were sponsored by Shell Oil, and they were in black and white. They were filmed and, of course, edited and presented days or weeks after they actually took place. But it actually the producer of that uh, series was the guy who said, why don't we do a senior event and it led to, eventually, the senior tour. So wow. there's something there for it. I just find that playing for 10000001 million one-on-one is an unseemly money grab, even though these two guys are the biggest draws in golf. And I get that. They're the biggest draws in golf. Uh, I just It just doesn't seem right. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Andy, but I actually thought Mike Golick had a brilliant idea. You, oh ready? you ready? You <laughs> ready? Oh, boy. You ready for what I think Everybody's
0: is? Everybody's got one, right? <laughs> hey,
1: listen. Golik said he want, he wished these two guys would play so that the, winner, the loser has to caddy for the winner at a PGA Tour event the following year. How Whoa. great. Now, that is a match I would be really into. And if you don't want to do a full-blown tour event, make them caddy for you at the Par 3 contest at the Masters.
0: Yeah, I like the the PGA Tour event idea. Slepping around for eighteen holes, carrying a bag. <laughs> now, now, what is Tiger? If Tiger loses, does he pull out the back as an excuse that oh, you know? Oh, my back! Around a bag.
1: Well, it'd be know? like Al Chervik and Caddyshack. You come up with any <laughs> excuse? Oh, my elbow! Oh, my back!
0: Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> hey, uh, ESPN News is now going to simulcast Stephen A. Smith's uh, radio show, and that means. That ESPN News, which used to be a thirty-minute loop of the latest sports news with highlights and stories, will be Andy from six a. to six p. Monday through Friday, nothing but simulcast radio shows. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I, I, I don't. I guess the channel still exists. It's a premium channel. I don't have it, but I used to love ESPN Classic, and they produce some original programming. And now that's nothing. ESPN News, I was actually in on what was the forerunner of that, but ESPN actually killed it. It was called Sports News Network.
1: That, SNN, I was trying to remember this yesterday on the air because I said, you know, Andy worked for an outfit like that out of Jersey, right?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, they were they were going to. This is how it worked. They started in early uh, 1990. They launched about the same time as the national uh, newspaper. Yeah. And they were building studios in New Jersey, but they weren't ready, so they worked out of the USA Today building here in Arlington. Oh. And. And the main guy they hired was Terry Chick, who used to be with CNN. Uh, they had, um, uh, what's her name? She's married to Dave Dombrowski, who runs the uh, Tigers, or runs the Red Sox now. Uh, she was an anchor at ESPN. They had various people, but it got started people like Wally Bruckner, Chick Hernandez, and Kurt Menefee was there. And, uh, and ESPN knew they were going to launch their news So they tried the best they could to kill it, and they did by not allowing them to use any of the highlights that they had on ESPN. No way. yeah, they made life very difficult for them. This was the last gasp of Mizloo. Mislu was a syndicator of games, and once cable TV took over, the syndication business really wasn't, you know, what it what it was. So they thought if we launch this and this works, this will save our company. And uh, within a year, they went belly up. Like they moved into these new studios in New Jersey in like November, and by early January, they were dead.
1: Yeah. His wife is Carrie Dombrowski,
0: yeah, otherwise known as
1: Carrie Ross, Ross, right? Who was on ESPN from back in the day. So there you go. Well, I mean, it kind of saddens me because even though I don't really tune in to catch a thirty-minute cycle of sports news at eleven thirty in the morning or four in the afternoon, I kind of like the fact that it's there. It was like the headline news of sports, and now they're just—it's like they're giving up. I, I don't yeah. like the giving up feel of it. Like, yeah, we're just going to simulcast it.
0: Well, I guess I guess nobody is sitting down to watch a thirty even a thirty minute highlight show. Remember when ESPN on Sunday nights used to do an hour and a half Sports Center? Yes, people don't don't they,
1: don't, don't, don't they do that anymore?
0: You know, <laughs> I don't think so. People just don't consume it the way they used to. The big show with I mean Overman and Patrick Sunday night that was that was you know lovely we'll TV for sports fans. Still yeah. they don't do that.
1: All right, and then finally, Andy, as you know, uh, things are a-changing at the radio station at uh, good old 980. Uh, Just wanted to get your thoughts, because you had been there a long, long time with me, and uh, uh, I can't speak about everything because it's not yet finalized, but Uh just from afar, what do you think?
0: Well, if, I, if I'm, you know, what I'm reading is true. I mean, there, there are people that are reportedly out, uh, like Doc Walker, who's been there since almost the start. He came in a few months after we began. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's the evolution of the business. Uh, I don't, you know, I haven't had any real involvement with the station for a year and a half now. But, you know, I was I was the first one thrown overboard. You, <laughs> and, uh right. It doesn't and, feel good.
1: And we're all going over at some point. There's no question about that. But here's the thing. When we were bought by Snyder in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. June fifth, two thousand eight, I remember I just looked at the newspaper clipping in my office yesterday at this. Did you think that, oh great, the football team owns us? They're really gonna shine us up and do great things.
0: Well, two things. One, I still kick myself for the bet that I didn't make, where you put a hundred dollars in cash on the table and said Snyder wasn't buying the station. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm such an I idiot. Didn't do that, so I regret that. And two, we had the initial meeting from, uh, I guess it was Clear Channel, to tell us that we were being bought. And as we walked back to our cubicles uh, after the meeting, you said to me, "I can't work for these people." Well, 10 years later, he yeah, I'm still s- work. <laughs>
1: but then we finally got thrown overboard after 10 years. Here's what kills me, okay? Um, you know, first of all, were you ever called aside or pulled aside to say you can't say that about so and so? Oh,
0: no, no. Do you, you remember this? This this and I I like him very much. One of the best people I've ever worked with is Bruce Gilbert. Oh, right, right, right. Radio guy. And he had individual meetings with people. So I came to the meeting armed with 25 things we had said about Dan Snyder on the air, including Napoleonic jock sniffer. (laughs) And uh, and so I began to read these things that we said, and I think I got to item four or five, and he said, stop right there. He says, you're going to say things that you think are nothing, and it's going to blow up, or you'll say something that's a really big deal, and it'll go unnoticed. We got your back either way. And they did. They really did.
1: Yeah, Bruce was great to work for. Now, he told us, I remember Bruce told us, he's like, look, I'm not one of Dan's boys. You know, they all run around in circles. He's like, I'm here to try to make his radio acquisition go well. And I, yeah. think, I think Bruce saw early on that, no, he was not going to be given the support to make this thing the kind of success that it could or should be. And so then he bounced. And that yeah, was yeah. that was the start of when you were like, Oh shit, we're really in trouble because it was like falling down a flight of stairs where Bruce was the best radio guy I've ever worked for and then each successive bounce down the stairs to the next boss and the next boss got worse <laughs> and worse and worse. So
0: Yeah, I I think there's there's some of that also also I think that he came in with the idea that he was going to be part of buying and selling radio stations and the bottom of that market kind of fell out. Well and, no he uh, he was
1: part of the business of buying and selling he bought high and then he sold low. <laughs> so, right. so Dan Snyder's dream of being involved in that wheel and dealing came true. It just, he didn't make any money. In fact, he lost a shitload of money. What, uh, what amazed me and what broke my heart, and I was like, why aren't we doing stuff like this? In 10 years of being owned by the football team, Andy, we never once were on the team plane with listeners to go to a road game and do a show. That was the biggest no-brainer promotion. That was the way you could leverage the fact that, hey, we own the football team in this hand, and we own the radio station (laughs) in this hand. I was talking to somebody that said K-Fan in Minneapolis, who is not owned by the Vikings. They're just the flagship. They were brought on Ziggy Wolf's plane to London, to (laughs) London to do a show, and they had a listener join them. And we never did. We didn't didn't do that once in 10 years. It was always, no, we can't. I like would bring it up. I'm like, why don't we do a promotion like this? Like, well, yeah, there's sponsors on the plane and we can't do this. Can't do that.
0: But they negotiated the deal and then they own us and they sit around their offices saying, why are we paying them to rip us? Well, you know that's kind of what we did before you bought us. So well, you know, if you wanted if you wanted this property, this is what you get.
1: And we weren't even ripping them. It was we were just yeah. being factual. You sucked for the ten years that you owned us. Be good just once, and then if you're good, if you're a thirteen win team, and we're ripping you, fine. Let's have a meeting, and and we'll hear you out on this. That's what killed. Yeah. me. win yeah. some damn yeah. football games. Well. Okay. it's it it's over I feel for uh, all the guys that uh, may not make the transition when it when the dust is settled and uh, it sucks but it's the business. It's the life, as we say, Andy. We signed up for like the life we've chosen. Yes, this is the life we've chosen, my friend.
0: But but I, I, you know, through all this, all the storm, you're you're kind of like Lieutenant Dan on that boat, (laughs) the shrimp boat, and you're hanging onto the mast. And And I'm uh, I'm
1: screaming, "Is that
0: all you got? Is that all (laughs) you got?" (laughs) <laughs> right and and you're still pumping out good radio in the afternoon so i, I, I congratulate you on that
1: well oh, thanks andy i try it's all about the
0: listeners my friend
1: all right yep. andrew good to talk to you if you want to uh, get a hold of andy via twitter
0: it is uh andy one and okay. uh you hear me from time to time on wtop and uh also on wjfk
1: and where we stand with Andy's dc podcast
0: Hiatus uh, we're, we're we're gearing up, hopefully for a new season starting sometime in the fall. But okay, gotta good. get some sponsorship. All
1: right, yeah. when uh, when that happens, we'll shout it out. Andy, always a pleasure. Thank you, bud. Thanks, bud. We'll end with this today. Blake Griffin is paying a shitload of alimony. My God, a judge recently ordered him to pay two hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars a month. For two children that he had with his baby mama, uh, a former basketball player at USC, who also had a child with Matt Leinert. Man, tell you what, this uh, this gal likes the athletes. Um, he, you know, I don't know how alimony works in California. It's not even alimony. They're not even married, but I guess it's palimony, or I guess it's child support, or I guess it's something And I'm not saying you shouldn't be responsible for the kids, but my God, that you're going to have a hard time spending all that money supporting the kids unless you feed them baby formula that has gold flakes in it or tiny diamonds that they can digest. $238,000 a month. So essentially, uh, she is now going to get um, $3 million a year just to be the ex-baby mama. Of Blake Griffin. And you wonder why some women are so eager to bet athletes and so willing to get pregnant and are so reluctant to use, what's that term? Oh, that's right, birth control. You wonder why. It's almost like there's a perverse incentive to do that. Oh, wait, uh, looks like there there is. Uh, Bryn Cameron is her name. Bryn Cameron. She played basketball at USC. She has statuesque, blonde, good looks, great cheekbones, nice symmetry, good golden triangle of attractiveness, athletic, great front court. I mean, you look at her and you're like, damn. But now she's become very expensive for Blake Griffin. $238,000 a month must be nice. What I wouldn't let Blake Griffin do to me, not that he would want to do anything to me, but what I wouldn't let him do to the tune of three million dollars a year that'll be a wrap for today you know the drill tell two friends hit up that reddit thread about how great this thing is leave a positive review right here and a rating i appreciate that download subscribe at all the major podcast outlets itunes google play overcast spotify stitcher and more and always remember two wrongs don't make a right but the second wrong oh that feels so good thanks for listening and we will see you next time